what is cashing in on a pop culture sensation, if not timeliness, persevering? You know what? I never thought about it like that. You know, the the the, the episodes about uh, non Marvel and Star Wars things. <laughs> they uh, they don't make us the millions of dollars that that the Marvel podcast episodes do okay yeah. so this is the bling this is the bling hour okay the put on your game hour. face mm-hmm. let's let's go all in on this marvel stonk if yes. you will god did i mention how much i love disney slash marvel slash fox slash uh all the companies disney owns like i don't even know at this point uh, national geographic hashtag oh right s- yeah right <laughs> Hashtag. No one ever talks about the National Geographic series on Disney Plus. It's really sad. <laughs> you know it says what? a lot about our society. The, their National Geographic collection is actually pretty substantial on Disney Plus. Oh, I'm sure they're paying. They've got to be paying so much for the National Geographic stuff. Like, it's got to be top notch. You know, one of the, one of the things that people don't seem to be talking about a lot with Disney is that to even bring back like the Muppets show, how they've brought it, they had to buy the mm-hmm. rights to every popular song in wow. every Muppet show episode. And that's wow. so expensive. Because yeah. like right right off the bat, like I think the first episode of the Muppet show I watched on Disney Plus, it has Frankie Valley's I love you baby and if it's quite alright. Oh sorry. And that's the only snippet I can do of that one because <laughs> we, unlike Disney, cannot buy the rights to, <laughs> yeah. to that song. Can't take my eyes off of you. That's what it's called. Yeah, Disney's got money. They got money, money to just throw at stuff. And the level of insanity that they're willing to reach with, for example, buying every single Muppet song is uh, ludicrous. Yeah, you're just like printing money at yeah. that point. Yeah. Like they apparently COVID's been really tough on Disney, but uh it does not seem to have had any, had any like substantial effect on how they're going to spend their money. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I I I refuse to believe that they're hurting for money. I mean, they're uh well, most of their money comes from the theme parks though, I know, but it, that that may not be true anymore. Like it used to come, the money used to come from the theme parks, but now that they've got Disney Plus out, they are. I I don't know, dude. Like, how much more money could they make? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of a funny story actually. Do you do you know the Schmoes Know on YouTube that movie reviewing channel? Yes. Okay, one of them started a Star Wars podcast called, like, The Jedi Council, and there's this whole saga where he's angry at Disney for not giving them, like, more, like, sponsorship opportunities. Like, whenever, like, Galaxy's Edge opened up, he was expecting an invitation to go to Galaxy's Edge when it opened up because his whole podcast is devoted to, like, speculating about every bit of Disney Star Wars movie movie news like out there and it is so funny to hear like a 38 year old man like griping that he didn't get like an invitation to the theme park and he's like completely feeling like he's entitled to it 
Oh, God. I just really want to bring that energy today. Like, where's our freaking tickets to Disney World? Disney, we talk about one of your properties at least every two to three episodes. Where's my spa? (laughs) With R2, D2, and BB-8. Yeah, where's where's our spot in the line for for uh, Smuggler's Run or whatever Smuggler's it's called? <laughs> no, there is one called Smuggler's Run too. I think. Yeah, it's uh, Smuggler's Run, and then there's like uh, I don't know. Listen, I watched a video though for one of those rides. It is insane, the production value of one ride. Oh yeah, on Galaxy's Edge, like you literally like the ship opens and you walk out and there's like a hundred fucking stormtroopers just standing there. And then there's like actual people in the costumes walking around like a, a first order base. And it's, Oh, it's so cool, dude. It's so cool. I want to go speaking, speaking of, uh, of rides. Have you been on any emotional rides this week <laughs> in the, in the, constantly evolving experience of, of cinema you never you never fail to impress me with your segues into if we've seen any movies they get sloppier every week i mean no that was pretty tight um thank you let's see i don't think i've watched anything um let me check really? my diary on letterbox just to, oh no i watched scream 2 which was fun how, how is Scream? yeah is it is it anything like scream 1 um yes it is it follows sort of this sort of the same formula as uh the first um but it's still a fun time you know like i acknowledge that it's definitely not as good as the first one but i still liked pretty much everything about it you know like i've i've rated it lower obviously than the first scream but it's still just as just as like smart of a script it's just the ending that i don't really like they kind of ham up the ending but i'm pretty sure they do it on purpose because again it's meta and they're talking about sequels so um that's probably it's oh. probably it yeah i'm i'm very curious to see scream 2 mainly because you know scream 1 is such a a clever you know analysis of just horror movies in general yeah. And, 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 you know, there's a lot to say about horror movie sequels, especially, mm-hmm. like, how cheap and rushed they are. Often. Oh, yeah, definitely. Does yeah. it comment on that at all, or is that just um, it, it mainly comments on the, on the writing aspects of sequels. Um, right. So it talks about, like, which characters are allowed to die. It talks about the black, uh, the black man always dies first trope. And then, like, Scream 2 starts with a black couple dying first. It's oh. insane. Uh, I love it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it, it deals with more of, like, the writing aspects of, of sequels. Um, there's, like, several comments, like, made that's really, like, tongue-in-cheek. But um, they've got Scream 1 through 3 on uh, HBO Max. Uh, if anybody wants, oh, dope. To, wants to have a scream marathon, uh, it's perfect. Uh, I just can't scream four. Is just I can't find scream four. You'd probably have to rent it, but um, scorm as it's called because they they did that thing where they put the, <laughs> the four <laughs> yeah. it, instead of the a. 
And oh it's it's of, it's of note to say that Wes Craven directed every Scream movie. Yeah, which is insane. You know. Yeah, I, figured, I can't believe like he actually stuck with it. Yeah, I figured most directors would leave at least like at least most directors at least don't do like a third. You know, but he he stuck with it. He he really loved the series, I guess. And from what I can tell, there's not really a really bad Scream movie. Like they're all four. People seem to think three is like the weakest. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Is um, but it's that nowhere near the uh, nobody gives Scream Three the shit that it gives like something like Jason X or something. You know, one of those wild, stupid sequels. You know. Yeah. Um. So, oh, speaking of sequels, real quick, I I did I started watching also. Uh, Fast Five last night. Ooh, I um, hear that's the perfect entry point if you want to get into the Fast and Furious movies. I, I would argue that the one before it, Fast and Furious, which is Fast and Furious 4, technically, is the perfect jumping off point because it kind of, it's a soft reboot for the series, or a soft mm. reset. Everything that happens in the first two Fast and Furious movies... And technically, the third, even though the third has nothing to do with anything, is still technically canon. But it's there's a whole new story that starts with Fast and Furious that informs every other sequel. Um, wow. So, okay. Uh, and I've seen Fast and Furious like four times over the years, trying to get into the series. But Fast and Furious is kind of boring. If you know the character names, I would say just Wikipedia that shit, and then jump into Fast Five. Because, holy shit, Fast Five is just entertaining as hell. Like, I'm only an hour in, but let me tell you, I'm, like, kind of eager to, like, jump back in. Like, I, I might finish watching it definitely, like, today at some point, And then go ahead and, like, continue watching uh, through to Hobbs and Shaw. Because I haven't seen any of them. I need, I need to. Um, but I'm so fascinated by them because they're absolutely insane films. Like... There's nothing that really like that gives them merit within like cinema as art, but they're just so freaking crazy, dude, and fun. Like, why wouldn't you want to watch the Fast and Furious movies? Yeah, I think they look like what I would hope Michael Bay would do with his movies, which is just like, yeah, you know, go crazy with it, like throw logic out the window because mm-hmm. something i want to say is like some of those action movies especially michael bay's movies they they don't ever go like all that crazy they're just bad and you know at yeah. least if you know you don't have like a winning story on your side just go stupid you know yeah, <laughs> go, yeah. go nuts with it at the very least they do go stupid <laughs> they do go stupid I, 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 I. <laughs> copyright is going to prevent me from saying the next part of that okay <laughs> I, uh, I've got to say, uh, in terms of horror sequels, I, I haven't watched a lot, but I've read the Wikipedia plot summaries of several. Uh, as, as a kid, I was definitely always too scared to actually watch horror movies, so I did a lot of, of Wikipedia plot synopsis <laughs> reading. I, yeah. I, I think at one point, the Final Destination movies were my favorite to read. I liked I liked reading about the deaths. They didn't sound like they would (laughs) look that good in like the film, but they they sound horrifying when you picture them in your head. 
Like one of them's like some crazy like eye surgery, death. I don't even know. What I've that, seen what that, that one's from. Yeah, that one's from four, I believe, because my friend Devin, uh, when he was younger, he he edited the 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 laser eye surgery scene and another scene. Uh, he edited it to calm music. Oh. <laughs> like and it got like several thousand views on YouTube. <laughs> it was really funny. I s- that reminds me, someone did that with like SpongeBob music to like Final Destination Five or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, burr, burr. Uh, again, I need to quit with the copyright. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop. I, uh, <laughs> I caught some movies this past week too. Heck yeah! What did you see? To, I know. To be quite frank, I know one of them because I saw it on your letterbox, and I want to know more on your thoughts on it. But what else? Uh, what What'd you catch? I uh, okay, so. First off, I think this is the best way to start. I I rewatched Jojo Rabbit, um, and I liked it a lot more than I remembered liking it. Like, I I, I remember the first time I saw it, I thought it was a pretty solid flick, um, but that it wasn't close to being my favorite Taika Waititi movie. I still think that it's maybe just like number three, but like, oh my god, mm-hmm. it's so much more emotional than I remember. And it's so funny, and it balances the two so well. I just, I really loved it, especially this time, and I had a deep appreciation for what it was doing. I think this is going to be one of those movies that, like, is going to continue being shown, you know, 10 years from now to, like, ease probably kids into the idea of our history in Mm -hmm. this way. Like, here's, here's what happened, and it's horrible, but also, I mean, there's there's like people who who did their best during that time and made sacrifices to you know it's it's a very humanizing movie Mm -hmm. um which i love and also just like taika watiti as hitler is so funny and (laughs) good (laughs) just every scene he's in is so fucking funny and then you know what what's great about jojo rabbit is i think most people went into the movie with that gimmick you know yeah, Taika Waititi, a, a New Zealand man, is going to be playing Hitler and going to be doing kind of a funny kid's take on Hitler. But as the movie goes on, you know, he's in less and less. And by the time he shows up again, you're like, yeah, fuck you, fuck you Hitler. Yeah. You want him gone just as much as the kid, you know. It's it's a great way to slowly turn you against him again. But it's it's got wonderful ideas about propaganda and just how like that affects people of a young age especially and just everyone yeah and also i think it, the, jojo rabbit's got to be the only movie rebel wilson's in that i like her <laughs> i know right <laughs> i'm not Actually, saying she's inherently unfunny i just think that she always gets cast in a very similar role like oh look at me i'm fat amy i'm fat but i'm british so mm-hmm. it's two quirks really <laughs> i'm so quirky blimey wait is she she's australian my bad not british (laughs) oh yeah that's that's right i'm having a hard time remembering i think she was in that movie little monsters on hulu i don't know that one you don't oh that's a it's a really funny zombie movie that recently came out with uh lapito nyongo or is that his last name yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, Lupita. It's I got Lupita so. in it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, she's great. But yeah, she's come I, a long way from from being the 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 beat up 
slave girl and 12 years a slave like i, I, I just forgot. remember that was the first movie i saw her in and it's just so rough and then every movie i've seen her in since has been like light like star wars lion king yeah <laughs> yeah know, etc exactly i, for- oh, I well, forgot us. she was I, in I, there i forgot about us us is kind of good she's brilliant in us yes yeah, she she's is amazing also you said uh uh well, just talking about Jojo Rabbit, uh, I'm surprised you liked it second time. Like, norm, like what I've heard is normally, well, like, so like, I, it's not the case, I guess, for Donna. Donna, like, thought she would hate Jojo Rabbit, and then we went and saw it, and she loved it, and then I watched it, like, two more times after that, and she just, like, loves it more and more every time she watches it. But me, it gets... I, I find more things that I don't like about it or that I have, like, mm. that I take problem with the more I watch it. Not saying I think it's a bad movie. I love Jojo Rabbit. Um, but I don't know. It, it, I guess it just uh, – maybe the humor, I guess, just gets a little repetitive for me. Like, each time I watch it, I, I don't know. It's the same thing with Thor Ragnarok. Like, I watched Thor Ragnarok in the theaters, and I liked it. I thought it was good. And I watched it again, and I was like, you know, this ain't as, like, funny or as, like, good as I remember it. And then I think I watched it one more time after that, and I was like, yeah, I don't really like this movie. (laughs) Um, I need to watch more Taika Waititi films to figure out if it's Taika or if it's just a coincidence. But I I would recommend uh, on Amazon Prime... Uh, what we do in the shadows, which is just Definitely. one of my favorite comedies out there, um, and Boy, which I think is a really good, resonant like emotional movie that he did, and it, and it's in his home country of New Zealand. It's about yeah. the Maori people um, and yeah. his, his heritage in that way, and it's very beautiful. Uh, but of, it's also very fucking funny. Yeah, I love. Boy. Yeah, I, um, I, I need I d- to watch it, but. I, I get your criticisms though, and I I think the more times I watch Thor Ragnarok too, the, you know I don't love it as much, but I think that's any Marvel movie. I, mm. <laughs> and this is weird because we're going to be talking about Marvel properties the whole episode, but I think <laughs> one of the most like I think one of the things I encounter the most when dealing with Marvel is that upon multiple rewatches, I care for Marvel Marvel movies less, like. Mm-hmm. I, I think like most of them were designed to be seen once in a theater and then to live on fondly in your memory, you know, and, and there's exceptions. Yeah. Like I saw Endgame and Infinity War multiple times in theaters, but I don't think I did it because they become much more engaging movies upon rewatches. I think like, you know, whenever you're in a cultural sensation such as like Infinity War and you know, you're going to the theater and you're watching it. Like, it just feels so real. Like, I don't think I would get any of the same joys I got from that movie at home. And I, I hardly ever watch any Marvel movies once they've been released on, on, on digital. You know, I, mm-hmm. I usually just seek them out in theaters and then never watch them again. Like, I I, I didn't say this on the, our Marvel ranking podcast, but I watched Winter Soldier one time in my life in 2014. I went and saw it in theaters, and I have not seen it since. But it lives fondly in my memories. Wow! And I think it, you know, the the 
the good Marvel movies I remember more <laughs> than the bad ones. Like, right. I didn't fucking remember Jimmy E. Woo from Ant-Man and the Wasp. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, you didn't remember Jimmy I, Woo? I... No, I didn't remember anyone. I didn't remember um, Darcy from the <sighs> Thor movies. I didn't remember Jimmy Woo. I didn't even remember Monica Rambo was in <laughs> Captain Marvel, you know? I mean, well, technically, she that that actress, I mean, WandaVision yeah, was, her it was first. a kid. Yeah, but I get what you're saying. Like, the Monica Rambo one was a little bit more obscure to me, but I definitely knew Darcy, and I remember Jimmy Woo from Ant-Man and the Wasp just because Jimmy Woo was, like, my favorite part of Ant-Man and the Wasp because I thought he was the, a genuinely funny character. Also, I just like... Uh, that what what's the actor's name that I think plays Jimmy Randall Woo? Park? Okay, I just love that man. Okay, I he's just, very likable. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. I just see his face and I'm like, oh my god, I love that guy. Right. And I don't I don't know that I've ever seen like a movie that's like stellar with him in it. He's just always really funny and like charming. Yeah. Also, uh, everyone on Twitter and Reddit, if you make one more. Oh my god, I can't believe Jim from The Office is in WandaVision. I'm gonna fucking lose it. <laughs> I know, dude. It's so annoying. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. It was one gag, and it's been drawn out. <sighs> um, not to so 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 we can get into the meat and potatoes of this episode. I I'll briefly talk about the other two movies I saw. Yeah, I saw yeah. Nomadland, which is obviously a big Hell award yeah. season film and you said that you you'd heard you know people are mixed on it like they either love it or it's uh you know not really their thing and i I think it might uh, well let me let me start off with some clarifiers i think Frances mcdormand is my favorite actress of all time i love her Mm -hmm. and everything she's ever been in yeah and she's brilliant here too um this is a movie where most of the people in it are not actors it's like a docudrama in a way and so this adds to the movie because Frances McDormand uh, gets on with these non-actors so well. She looks just like she belongs. She's absolutely brilliant. And I love her so much. Yeah. Um, also, the directing by Zhao. What's her first name again? Uh, Chloe. Chloe Zhao. It, it's just so fucking good. There's so many beautiful shots. Um, the... I, I think just like the the way she does handheld and and then also has like still landscapes it's just it's so good i i love every shot in this movie like even the amazon factories that they show like have a scale of sorts through the lens and i i just really appreciate that um and mm-hmm. i and i will say that i get what this movie is going for like it you know the people its subjects and their and their feelings and the you know the onward march of time even when you feel like your life has like stopped like i get it so i want i want all that to be known when i say that i thought it was kind of boring and i don't think i want to watch it again (laughs) (laughs) i i i understand what you're saying because i watched her other film that she has her her feature out uh called the writer um and it is about it it uses uh non-actors um in the film to get more of like this sense of realism and it's about this uh literally like this this uh, horse rider like a, like a bronco rider of rodeos that uh is like dealing uh with uh 
Oh, a Bronco rider. I I was picturing like a rider, like a you know oh, author. <laughs> no, I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> rider as in R I D E R. Yeah. Um, it, it, but it features this this real this real person. Like I said, it, it's they're non actors, so it, she has this scene where there's this guy who is literally um, paralyzed because of a riding accident uh, where the horse like trampled him. And this dude's in the movie and this other non-actor is his actual friend in real life. And there's this scene where they're in the hospital and he's talking to the guy. Um, And it's just a super, you know, quiet but like powerful movie about like this scene, like kind of like the rodeo scene, but the effects of the rodeo scene really. Um, But it is so slow and just almost i wouldn't say i want to say mind numbing just because of like how you know just particular it is and while i think it is bo- i while i like like it and i appreciate it i will never watch it again <laughs> you know yeah. i feel like that's the same with nomadland it's uh chloe chloe Zhao has a very specific style um it's it's really it's quite a good style I would say, and like, yeah. if this movie is your cup of tea, I get it. Like, I I don't have hate for this movie, you know. And, yeah. Um, I I think that all of my criticisms are personal, you know. It's mm-hmm. just like, yeah, this same. wasn't yeah. like really for me, per se. But I I'm glad I watched it. It definitely um was a lovely peek at this part of U.S. culture we don't really talk about, and the mm-hmm. nomadic lifestyle is really fascinating. Um, I, I do think that like if I'm gonna be watching a film about the 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 way of the nomad though, I'm always gonna default back to John Krakauer's Into the Wild. I actually <laughs> haven't seen the film version, but I love that book so much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I watched that, and then I I did a double feature actually with my parents, and we watched uh, Austin Powers International Man of Mystery. <laughs> nice. And, um, I had a bit of a better time <laughs> watching that, <laughs> to be honest. I I love the Austin Power movies. Uh, I hadn't seen them in a long time, though, and I think they've they've aged in a lot of ways. I I don't think that this first one was as funny as I remembered it. I think it's quite good still, and I do think it's still really funny. But I I I I realized that a lot of my favorite elements of the series are in the in the sequel spy who shagged me like there's no mini me mm-hmm. in this first one which feels like almost criminal like when i think austin powers i think mm, mini me <laughs> i can't stay mad at you mini me <laughs> oh god there's there's great jokes here like the the, the one million dollars it's like ooh, yeah well, time has passed that's the it's not a lot of money <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, I, I need to sit down and watch a full Austin Powers movie. I've never sat down and just watched one. I've only seen snippets. Oh, they are solid. Well, I remember them being solid. Maybe they're all like, uh, maybe they're all not. I don't know. <laughs> but this first one definitely held up uh, pretty well. And I, I'd, I'd be interested to rewatch the other two. And yeah, I mean, that's just my, my two cents on it. Do I make you horny, baby? <laughs> I remember there's a, there's a scene that I saw of one of the Austin Powers movie where he's like emptying out all his or he's going to like he's with this girl and uh, 
he's like, I can't remember where he is. Maybe he's getting out of jail and they're giving him everything he came in with. And apparently he came in with like a penis pump. Oh, like, yes. That's... One extra large penis pump. And he's like, oh, that that's not mine. That's not mine. And I remember laughing at that when it was on TV. I thought that was funny. Yes, that that's a good bit. And then they, he even has a book published on like why this Swedish penis pump and lodger is exactly my thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's Those good. movies are it's insane. Um, <sighs> speaking speaking of insanity, no, speaking this isn't going to be a very good transition. <laughs> but I I think that the 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 main point of this episode, as you can see from the title, which is aptly clickbaity. Mm-hmm. It's WandaVision spoilers time. Yeah. Okay. So if you haven't seen the whole show, uh, you know what? That's okay. Casey, do you have any like spoiler free thoughts of the whole series that you want to let out before we get into the yeah yeah the nitty gritty? Yeah, we're gonna get into some spoiler territory. So um, we'll real warn quick, you, though. yeah, we'll warn you. We'll give you a warning, and if you and if you still want to listen to the rest of the episode without the WandaVision spoilers. Go ahead and go to this timestamp right here. 47 minutes and 30 seconds around that. Yeah, so, WandaVision. Uh, spoiler-free thoughts. Um, I liked it. Overall, I liked it. Um, yeah, anyway, so not a spoilers. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, I, th- I thought... Um, there are some decisions in the show made that I, I have qualms with, but for the most part, I liked it. And, you know, what Marvel's doing, um, what my theory that is that Marvel's trying to do with these Disney Plus shows is um, giving characters that previously haven't had a whole lot of, um, you know, character development, really. I, I guess that's not true for Loki. Loki had probably the best character besides Iron Man uh, character arc in the series thus far. But, you know, Wanda and Vision, they've kind of been in the background. But this show, it's all about them. And I really love this, like, the very, like, subtle, but, you know, the quiet moments we get with the characters. And uh, I can tell that they're going to do that with uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, and that's what they did with here with WandaVision. We get to, you know, just basically spend more time with her and uh, her and Paul Bettany. And I, I, hey, uh, cool, bro. I'm on Paul Bettany, baby. <laughs> yeah, I, but I enjoy, I enjoyed the show. I, I had some problems with like the whole sword stuff. That's arguably probably the most boring um, subplot of the show. But you know, I love the sitcom uh, love letter. I, I, I love, um, I, I love uh, the mystery in it and some of the horror elements in it too. Um, I think it. I think it was a, a great start to you know, Phase Four's uh, Disney Plus shows. So, yeah. I. What about, what you, about know, you? I don't have much. I don't have very many spoiler-free thoughts um, that you haven't already said. I'll just say like, yeah, the first half of the show to me is a lot more interesting than the second of that second half of the show. And with yeah. that said, I think um, spoiler warning. Skip to this timestamp. Uh, if you want no spoilers and three, three two, two one four. let's go so um you know i don't want to sound like a critic like 
in the in the vein of like the last jedi but i will Mm -hmm. say they have to have had the ultimate unsatisfying answer to fan speculation ever the 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 addition Uh, of evan peters seems to have just been a waste of all of our time (laughs) yeah like what i hit my table on accident because i'm so aggravated still (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i uh i guess they just wanted it as a fun little nod but man it's it's kind of it's kind of frustrating at the end of the day i'm i'm glad that they didn't do anything like huge with that evan peters thing like start to just i don't know like go full x-men with the show you know i'm glad that they didn't do that um but at the same time away from the identity of the show for sure yeah yeah definitely um but at the same time i i don't enjoy how they handled it with the boner joke like his name being ralph boner um yeah, what the fuck was that? <laughs> I don't know. I really don't. I that's probably the I don't know. We need to we need to but we need to circle around back to that about the fan speculation because that's real what I really want Yeah. Really want to uh, fresh men- on my mind. Mention about but um yeah, definitely dude. I don't understand it. I don't know why they did it. Um it was kind of it like you said it was a waste of all of our time. Um, mm-hmm. And what I think was also a waste of all of our time was the stupid freaking sword stuff. Uh, the sword plot yeah. line progressively got worse as the show as the show went along. I just did not care for it. Like, okay, I know that like at the time it was released, episode four was the highest rated on IMDb. To be honest, right. like that episode, which brought in Monica Rambo and like you know, explained her story and, like, everything going on with S.W.O.R.D. It was so fucking boring, and it was also so, like, patronizing. Like, it's just like, oh, let's explain everything that's going on to you. And it took the mystery out of the show, right in episode four. It's like, here's what's happening. There's an anomaly. Wanda's in it. She's creating a sitcom. And Mm -hmm. the the mysterious lady who seems to know things about Wanda's life is actually this uh, agent from S.W.O.R.D. Yeah. It's like, wow well there goes any chance for me to try and figure that out on my own or like have any kind of interesting like interaction with that like yeah it's like a big fat exposition dump and i don't care for it and i never cared for it because the sword supply is it represents the worst of marvel you know you've got the really terrible cliche general who just seems to be like aggressively an asshole for no reason there's not even like a good motivation for him which yeah. i mean standard fare for marvel villains they i think after thanos we forget that most of them are really bad oh yeah <laughs> you definitely know, like, yeah not well written it's just so weird to return to that and okay here's my deal i'll raise you one sword's okay. bad agatha uh-huh. harkness is just as bad yeah What's her deal? Because when she reveals herself, I was excited because I like that actress and I think that she was absolutely killing it in yeah. the sitcom portions. And she's been great in like everything she's been in, you know, Mrs. Fletcher, um, Parks and Rec, like countless other comedy series she's been in. But mm-hmm. her her turn as a villain, it's not her fault. I think it's the writing. 
is just so weak like she reveals herself at the end of episode seven it's like it was agatha all along and then she proceeds to do nothing but explain to the audience wanda's like powers and over explain her like plan like i want your powers and like in the final episode she's just like lurking on rooftops like half the time and just watching yeah you know she's not really doing anything either yeah and then she just serves as like a, a very weak source of conflict for and Wanda. She like also serves as a. She also serves as like a final boss fight. <laughs> Which this show, that's so absurd to me. Yeah. Where this final episode went, like I, I hate the the CG fighting. Like it's just so uninteresting. Like it's not done badly, you know. It's just so out of place in this series. Like. <laughs> why did we need a final boss yeah i mean it's it's the same problem with a lot of marvel movies we see like that was iron man one's problem is like tony stark is such an interesting character he's going through such an arc what does he fight and the answer that the marvel heads always seem to come up with is it's him but evil and i mean they do that in ant-man they do that in Mm. here they do that (laughs) all the time it's like copy and paste the hero with slightly different powers yeah yeah it it got so derivative that vision fought himself (laughs) yeah i mean hey i'm not gonna lie i love the vision visiony vision fight uh but i I agree talk i don't i don't care for the fight itself but i mean them talking afterwards and and reasoning as to why they shouldn't fight Mm -hmm. and using the ship of theseus um Mm -hmm. was good you know and now we'll see like a bunch of assholes on twitter act like they're philosophy majors because they heard about the ship of theseus in one yeah. television show they watch so i mean you're welcome yeah. for that can't <laughs> can't wait for that um <laughs> but the yeah you hit on some really good points about you know agatha hartness that you know what i'm gonna raise you one even better okay why was she even fucking there? Why? Why was she in Wanda's reality? Or in Westview? Why was she there in the first place? How in the hell does it make sense that she's there? Yeah, does it does it explain that? No, like throughout the the montage of her causing trouble and even in that second to last episode where it's just backstory and retconning like we mm-hmm. at no point get an explanation as to why she's there and i'll raise you one we don't even get an explanation as to how fake quicksilver is made like we don't know if his powers are like endowed to him by wanda if agatha's behind it there's just this like shitty MacGuffin in the final episode he has a necklace on that agatha has put on him but it's it's Mm -hmm. vague as to whether it's like a mind control thing whether it gives him his powers like what what's happening with any of these like subplots like we don't get those answers yeah and i guess i guess that's my thing with this show is that it was so much more fun when we were asking questions and when we were getting answers Mm -hmm. it felt underwhelming and yeah it's it felt half-baked yeah, it's obviously way more fun to 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 ask questions, uh, and, and like 
you know, everybody's asking these questions and theorizing. It's less fun when you get the answers, but you're still asking questions about the answers. You know, it's it. It's just definitely not as good. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't know. I I and I, I mean, I mean, we're dogging on it a lot right now, but I I, I think. I would have liked the show a lot better if they would have focused on one villain. Like if it was just sword creating the, you know, the anti vision, uh, basically. Uh, and it was less of the sword subplot and we spent more time in the reality, figuring that out. I, I feel like that would have been a little tighter or even if they just wanted to do away with the vision part and focus completely on Agatha, you know, and had that be, and, and just get completely get rid of the sword shit. Uh, altogether, I feel like both of those answers would have been better than what we, than now we've got Wanda dealing with Agatha and Vision dealing with Vision and the sword stuff, and uh, it just it's kind of it kind of gets into a mess. But you know, all this to say, what I think th- when the series is at its strongest is in those like you know quiet moments with Wanda and Vision, like with the very end, um, you know, with. Uh, Wanda seeing the um, find have, getting the piece of paper that Vision gave her of the map about where their forever home was going to be and her going to the forever home and uh, then her thus creating the reality and then when the reality like ends and everything like goes back and she's you know there like um, and e- even the episode where they were retconning <laughs> things it, it was still it gave Wanda you know so much you know character depth. I think, and it, no, it's nothing that we didn't already know, but it's just exploring um, some scenes uh, that we didn't get, and I really liked that, and I that's what I wanted this show to be, and that's and that's for the most part what it was, but I could have done yeah. away with a bunch of other shit, but you know that's where I think the series is at its strongest, and, and it's, but especially in those first three episodes um, as well. Um, I, I think it's fair to say there there's a point in WandaVision where it stops being the, the series creator Jacques Schaefer's um, her vision versus uh, Kevin Feige's. Like, I yeah. think what, what happened with this show is you have a lot of interesting ideas and the, the writers probably wanted one solution. But, you know, being in the Marvel Cinematic Universe does mean that you have to bend a lot of your storylines around future storylines. And it's something that I've, I've, I've really um, disliked in all phases of Marvel is feeling like you're watching a movie that's primarily used to set up other plots. And it's like, you know, the further we get into Marvel, that's the situation more and more is you're, is you're seeing characters show up explicitly to like set up future properties and Mm -hmm. i think that was wandavision at its worst as it was pure setup stuff you know like anti-vision in the final episode exists primarily to bring vision back the real vision because i mean wanda fake wandavision touched him and you know made him remember his past and now he's Mm -hmm. out there and um you know, Monica Rambo, while, you know, cool to see at some points and, and definitely not like a bad actress or a bad character, like in the in the confines of the story, ultimately doesn't really do much and primarily serves to set up Captain Marvel 2, you know, 
We've got um, her becoming photon or whatever. And sword, I think, is just the ultimate setup of like what's going to be the shield equivalent going forward. Like, is there an organization out there? Like, I think that that primarily served to answer that question. Is like, is there something like Nick Fury related or? you know, something in that vein out there still and, and sort yeah. of the answer. But I guess I guess it's kinda necessary because, you know, I don't really see how else they could have resolved a lot of these I don't know. That's yeah. the thing, is like I criticize the answers that they came up with, but I don't know how you integrate this show into the Marvel universe and satisfy everyone. Because if you if you let a writer you know do their own thing you're gonna have a lot of pissed off fans who are like wow this is gonna completely cut it off from the rest of the universe and if you tie it into the universe you're gonna have a bunch of you know maybe less um devoted marvel fans be like why why is it trying so hard to integrate itself into everything else when it's so unique and and special on its own um yeah and so in the end I, i i think that I really like the experience of WandaVision. I think it's probably one of the fresher things I've seen in the MCU. Oh, definitely. I just, you know, I just hate to see it kind of unspool into your standard Mm -hmm. run-of-the-mill Marvel movie towards the end. And, like, it's definitely not a bad Marvel movie. It's just you went from something that, I kind of held on a higher pedestal to like average, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It was, so dis- it was a bit disheartening in that way, but overall, yeah, I, I, I think I do have a great bit of fondness for this series. It's just, it's like any other Marvel movie. I probably won't watch it again. I'll just remember it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's not the case for me. I've seen every Marvel movie at least three times, but. Um, <laughs> that that's just me. I like to I like to rewatch like fun, you know, action movies, mainly superhero movies. But um, oh, I like to watch. I, I like to rewatch superhero movies. I just think like The Dark Knight and Logan and oh, def- like yeah, are just on another level. And Iron oh, Man. Oh God, yeah, okay. yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, but now that now this is the- my DC fanboy coming out podcast. Oh God, which don't get me wrong, I don't. <laughs> Your man's doesn't fuck with the DCEU, but no, no, you no, know, no. back in the day, like the yeah. classic Superman movies, the Batman movies, yeah, yes, that's my yes. shit, man. Yes, I agree. I agree. I can. I have I more hype for Robert Pattinson's Batman movie than I've ever had for any Marvel movie. I agree. Except I can't. I'd say I had a lot of hype for Infinity War and Endgame, but my God, yeah, yeah, I'm ready for the Robert there. Pattinson and for Batman. Avengers one, but. Yeah, I just I love me some Batman, and I'm, I'm excited too. to see. <laughs> Wandavision conclusion, Batman. <laughs> yeah, need some more. <laughs> true, true. Um, I wanted to talk about something uh, just for a little bit, real quick, because that you mentioned at the uh, just a second at ago about um about fan theories. Yeah. Um. Uh, with uh, Wandavision, with uh. And now that we're officially, let's try and make sure not to mention any WandaVision spoilers, but now that we're out of spoiler territory, um, you know, the fan theorizing BS that went on with WandaVision, 
is it infuriates me a little bit um, because I'm going to propose to you a a little conundrum here, okay? Okay. Um, I understand fan theory, the fan like theorizing, you know, about pop- popular culture, but especially about the MCU is very fun. It, it's a very creative, you know, outlet, and there's a lot of YouTube channels dedicated to it. Uh, so some YouTube channels that I actually watch uh, pretty frequently. But here's the thing: you have people theorizing about WandaVision, all these theories that are absolutely out out of reach for the MCU to do. And for some reason, they always theorize it. And some people actually believe they take these theories to heart, like that's what is actually going to happen. And then on the other yeah. side, you have the actors teasing something big. You know, they're teasing big reveals. And then they did the whole spoiler thing. Like, don't spoil the end of WandaVision for people. Which I, I like when they do that. I, I hate spoilers. I hate people that just spoil movies. But um, then you have the fans that will get mad at the actors for teasing them with something huge. And then the WandaVision finale isn't what they thought it was going to be. But if you look at that from the other side, it's... The actors are hyping it up because they want people to watch it. They want to keep people invested, which is understandable. But the fans think they're hyping them up because they think all their theories are, are, are like true or, or maybe that you know something absolutely crazy is going to happen. And, and, and it did not. And then they get mad at the actors and then the actors blame it on the fans for you know over-theorizing and, and just blowing it out of proportion. And I say... You know, fuck all to both of y'all. Uh, one, um, this happens all the time. The fans never seem to learn that their insane, you know, out of this world theories uh, about what a, what a, a, the newest Marvel movie or now in the case a Marvel show is gonna do. It's there's all they're always wrong, like all the time, and, and it's like they never learn. That they can't, and it kind of goes. It kind of goes back to my rant. Um, uh, actually, not my rant, but I, I I did rant about this. I think on one of the episodes, it's just people theorizing so much after every episode and getting into all the leaks. It's like they can't enjoy anything. They can't just shut the hell up, sit down, and watch the damn show, and just just watch it. You know, they don't have to dig deeper. They don't have to see, like, leaks for, like, what's going to happen next. It's like they're ruining their own experience by seeking out, you know, what's going to happen next instead of just waiting to watch the show and experience it for themselves. And then, in turn, they spoil it for other people. I had several big things in WandaVision spoiled for me because of just people on the Internet. Um yeah. And I guess just, you know, the conundrum is, like, what do we even do about this? Because I understand it's fun to theorize, and I'm not saying people shouldn't theorize. I'm saying, but they've they've blown it out of the water, especially with WandaVision. It's it's absolutely insanity. It's just, it's MatPat on a whole new level, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, here's the thing. I think, I think theorizing is harmless, and I actually yeah. support, you know, groups being able to, like, get together in like online spaces and theorize 
do I think mm-hmm. that often it's you know they share their theories a little too publicly and accidentally ruin things for other people who don't want to speculate absolutely but I think that the theorizing itself is harmless I think the entitlement mm-hmm. that comes with these theories yes is is a bit ridiculous like yeah I think the first time I really noticed this was was with Star Wars and the in the Snoke theories like without prompting like no none of the actors said anything about Snoke no one teased anything the fans did it all on their own they came up with all these wild ideas for like yeah. what Snoke is where he comes from his role in the series and like inevitably when the creators <laughs> of you know star wars the last jedi were not so curious about where snoke came from and knew exactly what they wanted to do with him and they did away with the character no no big reveal about his origins or anything fans reacted like they were wronged like they were owed some kind of explanation into snoke like like their fucking dumb snoke fan theory was supposed to be correct and i think that's where fan theories go astray a lot of the times is when people assume that their opinion is so important that their speculation is so important that it needs to actually affect the show and i think that in in wandavision's case um you know it's frustrating to see people theorize correctly and have something spoiled yeah but i think it's more frustrating to see people um getting pissed because their first guess wasn't right and you know like that's not that's not on the show's creators that your fan theory was wrong that's on you you know you're the one who speculated and like just because something seemed like an easter egg or a clue doesn't mean it actually was like i was talking with my roommate about like the finale and like the post credit scene and he said that it's it's this and then he realized mid-sentence that it's not actually confirmed to be this it's just something that he read on the subreddit and like that's (laughs) how it could be that and i was like yeah because none of that's confirmed the show never outright stated any of those theories were correct or any of those elements that you just said were you know fact or that that's what that actually was you know sometimes a mountain is just a mountain it doesn't have any kind of significance to any comic book lore or anything it's yeah a fucking mountain yeah and that's i don't know i think it's just that disillusionment that comes with like fan theories a lot of the time where it's like just because i was wrong i'm pissed now i don't care yeah for that. i don't care for that culture yeah me neither and i and i i, I agree um with what you said the theorizing is harmless but you know when it gets into the entitlement it's it's bad and that's that's what pisses me off honestly um especially about wandavision i mean there were some out of this world insane theories going on and yeah like i read a couple of them and all i thought about it was like yeah that would be fun but did i actually think it was going to happen no it's when people think that the fan theories that they conjure up are actually going to happen that it, it gets into the where they start to get let down and Speaking of the Snoke thing, I stopped really diving into fan theories and stopped and stopped giving that kind of culture any mind. Not that not like not saying you if you if you're one of those people that digs into the subreddits like fine by me. Like that's not I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying I quit because 
the Snoke thing. That 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 was what pissed me off the most. And I realized I got mad, and I was like, but re- like, should I have gotten mad really about it? Like because the expectations were just so out there and wild. I realized it was just only going to harm my viewing experiences going forward. So that's why I quit. Like that I don't really like. I'll read fan theories. But I will not ever give them any merit. Like, I will not take any of it to heart. Any leaks that I see, I take with a grain of salt. I just, I don't care anymore um, for it. Um, and that, and that reminds me of the, of the Rick and Morty thing um, with, uh, with Evil Morty. Um, and how the, the creator, like Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland, um, basically just troll their fans because their fans are wanting a super serial serialized, you know, story that's gonna, you know, come to this like kind of in game esque uh, finale, um, mm-hmm. and that's just not what Rick and Morty is really. Like, yeah, they are. It is kind of a serialized show in some spots. Spots they are following some loose, uh, very interesting, dramatic plot lines um, throughout the show that they said that season five is going to feature more of, which I'm excited for. But am I looking for a evil Morty showdown? <laughs> no, <laughs> and because they made that very abundantly clear in season four with the the whole train episode, uh, if yeah. you remember, uh, which I thought was fan- fantastic. I thought it was so funny. Um, but they seem to uh, their fa- uh, the to- speaking of toxic fan bases, the Rick and Morty is the worst one. Uh, in my yeah. opinion, for being toxic, but um, it's really bad. It is really, really bad. Like every time I say that, it's almost like a crime to say that you enjoy and watch Rick and Morty uh, because of the fan base, because they're so stupid. But like, I want to recommend a lot of people watch Rick and Morty. And what I figured out is a lot of people don't watch it because of the fan base. And I'm like, no, please. I'm like, just ignore literally everything that anybody ever says about the show and just watch the show. I was like, please, like, it's so good. But um, Rick and Morty's the one show where I will just say, like, the fans don't deserve the show. Like, exactly. It's so good. And, like, if the creators just wanted to end it out of spite, I I honestly wouldn't mind because there's so many shitty people that <laughs> yeah would be upset as a result of it. Like, I don't know. At the point that you have like people going on the internet and making a page like the real Ricks, where it's like dudes <laughs> who just are like they have such an ego. They're like the pages. Have you heard of the real Ricks page? Uh uh-uh. uh Is it a bunch of it's, people who think they're smarter than our top scientists they, in the world they, because they, they watch think, Rick and Morty? They think yeah that they're all as smart as Rick and that everybody else is like too dumb to understand and like rick and morty it's like that copy pasta about rick and morty to be fair you have to have a high high iq to watch rick and morty oh god <laughs> that's the that's the that's the ultimate post like that's that's the post that set the this whole toxic fan base in motion was that copy pasta <laughs> yes oh, it's so god. accurate though it is god. which and, and i'm glad that that dan Harmon did that to I'm pretty sure Dan Harmon's like the lead writer, so that's why I only say him and not him and Justin. It may have been him and Justin Roiland, but with uh, they did that whole episode, the train episode, uh, 
out of spite, I, I, I think, honestly. I, actually, I know that they did it out of spite and to just annoy the piss out of the fan base. Um, and I'm glad that they did it, you know. Um, while yeah. I am interested in the Evil Morty uh, storyline, you know, I'm not, I'm not looking for that big, you know, ultimate war that they're going to have. Like, that's not what I want. Like, <laughs> um, I just... I just want my classic Rick and Morty. You know what I'm saying? Sound like a yeah. weird, but, uh, but yeah. I mean, fan bases are are super weird, dude. They're, um, if you look at the Rick and Morty one and then compare it to the MCU, they're actually pretty tame. One fan base that, or I mean, the MCU fan base is tame compared to the Rick and Morty one. But uh, yeah. speaking of MCU fan base, real quick, I have to mention the. Freaking Snyder, the Zack Snyder fan base, dude. Oh, that's just toxic as shit. Like, you know, that that fan base just beats up on anyone who, like, outwardly disagrees with their opinions that Daddy Snyder is, like, the best. Like, anyone who doesn't think that Zack Snyder is, like, the best, most brilliant, like, director of all time and, like, that the the Justice League, like, cut is going to, you yeah. know, not improve anything, like... Here's my opinion on the Snyder Cut. It is going to be the same shitty Justice League movie we got in 2017, now added with an hour and a half of, like... More. Highly <laughs> produced CGI footage. Yeah. But it's going to add to the length of already a pretty boring, long movie, and I don't think it's going to be all that good. I, I, I might stand corrected March 18th, I believe. Yeah. Is when it comes out? Yeah. But I would be shocked <laughs> if i'm wrong on this one because i i just do not see that movie being salvaged by Zack snyder adding another two hours to its length you know yeah i i mean here's my stance on it um i don't like Zack snyder as a director i supported no, uh, no yeah no he's a shit director i do not like him he is style over substance and it kills me it absolutely infuriates me but i, I here's why i supported the release of the snyder cut movement it's the same thing as the whole taylor swift uh controversy with uh artist uh well it's not the same but you know taylor swift you know went to court <laughs> and sued for like one dollar you know to to own her music and to own her basically her her creations you know it's her her creation it's the creative the creativity of her as a person and she won she got her music back either way Hmm. go over to Zack snyder he's has this vision that the studio did not want to release they replaced him with joss whedon who in recent months or recent weeks i've come to figure out is actually a shit human being um and we do not like Joss Whedon. Um, and yeah, no, he's bad. Yeah, uh, and they released a really bad hour and a half just long Justice League movie. It was really bad. Ooh. You could still see elements of Zack Snyder in there, though. Well, then they come along and they say release the Snyder cut because for some reason Warner Brothers wouldn't let him release it, and the fans really wanted it. And I'm think I'm sitting here thinking. Yeah, a director should be able to release his own director's cut. Like, they should have, he should have the, you know, agency to do that. Um, so I supported it and I would retweet them. And I even had Subway 
freaking uh, comment to me because Subway did a thing with that whole, like, that released the movement where they were, like, donating a bunch of sandwiches to, like, um, people in need. It was, like, right in smack dab in the middle of uh, COVID. Um, and so I retweeted them and then Subway, like, retweeted me and, like, commented, replied to my post. And anyway, that was all fun. Um, but then they they won, you know. They, Zack Snyder's releasing his Snyder Cut. And they are still on some shit, man. They are still on one. That entire fan base, for some reason, has something, I guess, more to prove. Or I, I don't know. They're like basically worshiping Zack Snyder now. It's just a worship Zack Snyder worshiping fan account. And it's so annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the movie's not going to be any better. Like, am I going to watch it? Maybe if I have if I have the will to sit down for a three hour Justice League movie, I might watch four, it. Four, four, four. Oh my god! <laughs> that either way, that's so that's so bad. It's just they just want more content to ingest, and they're thinking the four hour. <sighs> Listen, it sounds like fucking torture to me. I'm not yeah, that's that. what it's. That's what it. You're right. <laughs> It sounds like torture. I just, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't, I can't get behind it, you know? I don't know. But I might watch it, but it doesn't seem very appealing to me. It's about like four hours. Like, I hated the Batman versus Superman movie. And somebody tried to get me to watch the three hour version of it. The extended director's cut. It was like, actually, it's way better. And like, that seems to be the general consensus is that it's way better. Let me tell you. I've heard that it clears up like a couple plot holes at best. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I'm not looking for it to clear up my the plot holes that the I'm looking for the movie to be better, just overall better edited. You know, better flow. Not as just, but as much as I vehemently hate Batman v Superman, I don't think a director's cut is going to save that movie for me. And you know, Zack Snyder as a director, if I can't even sit down and watch Watchmen, which is arguably his most like acclaimed movie he's done if i can't even sit down and get past 30 minutes of that how do you expect me to sit down and watch a four hour cut of justice league (laughs) a movie that is you know meandering at best like just (laughs) i can't do it i i don't know man i i'm gonna try because i i I know that like a lot of people are definitely gonna be curious as to how it is um and you know i've i've always loved the dc comics and characters i haven't loved these run of movies um i would love yeah. it to be proven wrong you know i would love to see like a, a good justice league movie buried in the one we got i just don't yeah. think that's the case and i think mm-hmm. all this speculation like he he's saying you know justice league the snyder cut is going to end on a massive cliffhanger well that just sounds like to me like oh you're hoping that this is successful enough that you get another shot to make another justice league movie and so what i think is going to happen is that it's going to be an unresolved cliffhanger on top of being a bad movie so like two things going yeah (laughs) yeah I, I mean, I, I am curious to see if removing all of Joss Whedon's pretty cringeworthy content will will help. But mm-hmm. the thing is, before I I used to think that Joss Whedon was a bit of a better director than Zack Snyder. Yeah, I, I think that probably still holds true, despite Joss Whedon being a shitty bad 
terrible person mm-hmm. and his his uh style of directing and writing being very 2000s feeling at this point definitely like, it's yeah. witty for like 2005 <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah um yeah, but I would say that I would pick a Joss Whedon project almost any day over literally Jared Leto's Joker saying we live in a society in Zack Snyder's oh cut. God. Did you see that trailer? Say, yes. Are you saying yeah. that if you had the power to make the Joker say we live in a society, you wouldn't? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am saying that. I'm saying I would not. I would say You're stronger than most then. All right. Strongest. <laughs> Guys, we're I really think, teasing the Joker brilliant. episode here. <laughs> I think I think that I think that Snyder knows his fan base and I know that he thinks, you know, that's brilliant. And I think it is because they're gonna eat that shit up. And yes. they have been. Yes, they are. And Joker yeah. as Jesus? Did you see that promotional image? Yes, I did. And it, like, brain cells, you know, dying just out the window. Just, that is the dumbest. Prom- he's just trying he's to get just, a rise out of people, man. I know, man, but he's just feeding into that stupid fucking culture of worshipping the Joker. It's just, I hate it. I hate it. You're not supposed to worship the Joker. You're not supposed to want to be like the Joker. I'm going to get off into a whole nother tangent onto that. Maybe that's for the Joker episode, but God bless, dude. That really pisses me off. Like (sighs) Joker as Jesus. Are you kidding me? Like, come on, dude. Well, we've been slightly critical of Marvel. So you know what we are. We're DC fanboys. Thanks for listening to our very biased podcast. (laughs) I can't wait for Poppy Snyder to give me all my all my cream and cookies with give me the next ecstasy. feature film. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go uh, watch Batman v Superman for pleasure this time. Yeah. Ooh, Jesse Eisenberg is so good. Oh, he's, oh my God! He's, look at him go. Look at him. He's bald in the end. You see that? Ding 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 ding. <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg quote. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. This is is my number. This is mwah. Give give you a little kiss on it. Yeah. Mwah.